My safe word will be whiskey. Sorry, Rod, what was that? Whiskey. How's it going? This is Steve from the Parkway Society Lost and Translation podcast, and I'm here with my co-host, of course. Hey, it's Sean. Hey, it is Sean. Yeah, uh, we've also got uh, we got another local uh, whiskey enthusiast, a friend of ours, Mr. Paul Bobis. How's it going, guys? I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> good change. Day. It. Good day. I'm trying to change so Bobis just goes by Bobis. Just He's Bobis. Going to be a one name, one name wonder. Bobis. Bobis. Doesn't matter. Yeah, if, if there's one thing that uh, the dark cloud can do, he can uh, destroy reputations and make people feel uncomfortable. So, <laughs> um, and then the guest that we have today is uh, Dave Beck, and Dave Beck is a well, he's a board game creator, which was a profession I didn't even know existed. So <laughs> that was new for sure. Obviously, somebody's creating the the interesting concepts behind board games in this world, um, and he is well, he's. Here to talk about a really cool concept uh, board game that he's in in the process of creating, um, kind of centered around whiskey and whiskey distilling, and it's it, well, its name is Distilled. So, uh, how, how you doing today, Dave? Great, thanks, thanks so much. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Big fan of the show, and um, excited to just talk about that that merge of two of my passions, whiskey and board game. So, yeah, no, I think that's that is going to be exciting. And like we were just kind of talking, it's. To have to have a board game we can sit in front of us while we're together with a few friends drinking some whiskey and then getting into the creation of it and and, and include like obviously staging it so it's like a game I think would be a really fun really mm-hmm. fun evening and so let's um honestly let's just jump right in let's get right into the concept and where the idea stemmed from um. Yeah, you're, it's your stage, buddy. It's all yours. Very cool, cool. Thanks. Yeah. So, so yeah. My name's Dave. I'm a I'm a game designer. I actually teach game design also at a university. I'm in Wisconsin. Um, uh, and essentially, the way this happened was that I've for a number of years I've been a a, a big big whiskey fan, mainly Scotch whiskey, so single malt for the most part. Um, and I've been a big board gamer. Uh, I love board games. I teach game design. I've, I've designed video games as well before. And I was, I have, the story goes, I happened to be uh, in Scotland. I was on sabbatical from, from university. So I had essentially six months, a semester to conduct research. And I was actually conducting research in Scotland on uh, castles and using augmented reality or virtual reality. So doing more video game stuff. But of course, I had been touring lots of distilleries and drinking lots of drams. And um, one thing led to another. No joke. One night, couldn't get to sleep. It was like that light bulb moment you see in the cartoons. It just popped into my head that I think I can represent the distillation process of whiskey, or really any spirit, but the distillation process uh, through a board game, through certain mechanics that I'm aware of and I, I know of when I play games. And so I stayed up all night working on this thing, uh, scratching things down on a piece of paper. Uh, and by the morning, I had already named it distilled. I, I knew I wanted a game about distilling spirits, uh, making whiskey. And from there, that was about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Uh, and from there, it's been just nonstop 
ever since um, uh, researching, which has been fun, uh, <laughs> as well as as play testing, and it's all coming to a head, releasing on Kickstarter uh, on July sixth. So it's kind of this full full circle uh, that's really exciting. Is that the that's the main source of funding that you're going for? Is like a crowdfunding, um, yeah, plan kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I had a, cho- I did have a choice a long time ago to say, okay, I could, as I've developed this thing, I could take this to a publisher, uh, mm-hmm. a, someone who makes get board game publisher, and say, hey, I have this idea. Will you do it? Will you uh, think about purchasing this? But I actually wanted to partner with a good friend of mine who's the illustrator, Eric Evanson, and so because we knew we wanted to do this together, we thought oh, we should do this ourselves. Um, it's kind of blown up into this much bigger thing now, but. That's kind of how it started. Uh, and when we realized we wanted to do it ourselves, we knew that, that the crowdfunding platform like Kickstarter was really the way to go that way. Did you did you ever think about um, approaching like a portfolio of brands to see if they wanted to be yeah. a part of it, or do you have any do you have any like brands that are uh, going to be presented on the on the board game? Yeah, good question. So I did think about that, and I I thought. Um, so originally, let me give a little bit more backstory on that too. Originally, it was going to be just straight about making whiskey in single malt, like Scotland, basically barley. Yeah, maybe there's some blended, who knows? But yeah. for the most part, just straight making whiskey. Uh, and as I was researching it, I thought, okay, this is interesting. I could have different whiskeys around the world. And then I then it kind of opened up a whole can of, wait a minute, this game can kind of focus on whiskey as kind of one of the main things. But man, there are spirits out there that I'd never even heard of that. I, that, and then as I researched it, I realized I always thought whiskey was maybe the most consumed spirit in the world. And then I go to find out it's things like Baijo in China or Soju in Korea. And so it started kind of opening up this can of, okay, I want to still have a focus on whiskey, but how about I also figure out ways to educate the population on other types of spirits as well in this. And it was at that point that I thought, okay, this, with this being so broad for me to try and get, label sponsorship from certain companies that would be tough but what second i do version, hope, maybe second version yeah, of yeah the game exactly or like so what i do hope i don't know if it'll happen it'll have to wait until after the kickstarter to see how successful or not it is yeah. but i do hope that there's no reason a, a card or something in the game can't have certain distilleries or certain brands with it you know yeah for sure um, so I, I obviously have to negotiate with that with the companies because a lot of that stuff, of course, is, is trademark, not just the brands, but even just iconic bottles or other things too, you know? It, is it a style of game where you like move, you move your way, you progress around a board or is it like a d- different progression style? Yeah, good question. So the, the game is um, mainly card-based. So it has lots and lots of cards. Okay. And um, it's actually essentially the idea is that you've got a, a distillery in front of you um, and basically, this distillery is kind of a board that you have. Um, and what that does is each player has one, and it's almost like a dollhouse view in on the distillery. Mm-hmm. And you're, the, the premise of the game is that you have essentially inherited an abandoned distillery. And so you don't really know much about making spirit. Um, uh, you, you know how to make moonshine, you know how to make some vodka, but you really don't know how to make whiskey or, or anything else. Really. You've inherited it from someone. So let's say you've inherited it from, from, um, there's one that's from Kentucky. Uh, so their signature spirit, of course, is a, as a straight bourbon that they can make, um, if you inherit it from them. 
Uh, and so you're working really hard to try and uh, make that signature spirit. Uh, so you're going to market, buying ingredients, buying bottles, buying barrels, different types. And what happens is if you buy a certain bottle or a certain barrel, give you extra points or extra actions and powers. Um, you can hire people to work in your distiller. You can install equipment to make it you know, function better, more efficient. So it's kind of what it's trying to do is represent what would in a game, of course, what yeah. it would be like if you were starting out from almost nothing and you were trying to develop and, and build up kind of this distillery, making lots of different unique spirits over the course of the game. So is there a currency in the game? Like, are you building kind of cash flow around your yeah. operation? That's the idea of it? Yeah, yeah. So so a couple of places, what I've tried to do, and I've gotten compliments from people, both from the, the industry, the whiskey spirits industry, as well as game industry, that they haven't seen many games that weave theme, like the idea of, of distilling and game mechanics, gameplay as well. So some examples of that are, again, you start out with, with barely anything. Um, well, of course, as we know, if, if someone's starting out a, a new whiskey distillery, they don't have any product really to sell for a bit, right? It's sitting in the warehouse, all their money's tied up. And so sometimes, especially over in Scotland, and I know I see it sometimes here uh, in North America as well, is you know they'll start producing a little bit of gin on the side or a little vodka on the side. So that's essentially what you're encouraged to do in this game too. If you get a whiskey in your warehouse to age, which you have a warehouse, you can age things, to make money, you're going to have to start churning out something else um, uh, and make that money as well. Uh, so oh, there's okay, definitely okay. that. This sounds so cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, when when Steve first said we're we're going to talk to this guy, designed a game around distilling whiskey. I was like, I can't even picture in my head what that would how like. it would work. <laughs> but now it makes total sense, and it's like this is cool. I want to get this. I do like um, that you that you yeah. are recognizing the fact that. Whiskey is not a spirit that it, or it's a spirit that's created, but it's not a spirit that's sold and released until years yeah. later. So you have to, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other products you need to create to keep the lights on because not exactly. a lot of distilleries are starting with trillions of investment funds, right? So yeah, it's, exactly. it is a business that you need to keep afloat. So I'm, I, I think it's really cool that you definitely uh, incorporated that. Yeah, Thanks. it's like a yeah, and really cool, like yeah, go like, ahead. like role playing game. You know, like like it's not it's not just D and D anymore. You know, like that's that's awesome. Yeah. So each um, each player will start. They'll start the game and they'll get two cards uh, that will be uh, two different characters that they'll uh, essentially inherit the distillery from. So these are characters all around the world. So you've got characters from uh, you know, like like I said before, Kentucky. Uh, you've got characters from Scotland. Uh, they're making whiskey and single malt. Um, but then, like I said, you've got characters from from uh, Asia. Uh, you've got characters from South America. Um, so anyway, uh, you start with that kind of like you said, Paul, with this idea of of role playing. That's your person, and you, you know you do get people starting to say, "Well, I you know I only make single malt, so I only want to use barley in this in this one." Well, you know, there's <laughs> corn in the market, but you Americans over there, you can take that corn because I'm not interested in that, right? There's some you know, <laughs> I've tried as hard as I can to be thematic, but also those that are in the know, like us, right? That they'll appreciate. They'll they'll read the flavor text on the bottom of the card, and it'll say, you know, things like we know how rye is made or we know how bourbon is made, but I guarantee you 95% of the people that play this game probably won't. But my hope is that this kind of educates them a little bit, gets them a little interested in these spirits, maybe even has a couple with their friends while they're playing like, Hey, I just made this 
this uh, rye. I've never had it before. Would you like to try some of this? I made it in the game. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens, but that's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Different. Cause you can like, so you're allowed to play with different mash bills yeah. for like a bourbon spirit. So is it like, do you have it? Do you have it worked out? So it's actually a little bit tougher to make a bourbon because you need to, you need to obviously acquire multiple types of grains versus just the barley. Yes. So, so the way I, I solve this, cause you know, at the end of the day, and I've explained this to other people this way, if you think of like a spectrum and on one side of the spectrum, it's authentic. It's, this is how it needs to have 51% corn into it to make this bourbon or whatever mm-hmm. spirit we're talking about. Um, in the game, that would mean you need to have this many cards of this and this and this, and it needs to be aged for this many years. And I, and I, I had that originally in the game. The problem was people on that side of the spectrum, then when they were playing it, the, the other side of the spectrum is fun. And it was kind of like, well, it's not very fun. It's basically like I'm working with an Excel spreadsheet and I'm saying like, okay, I need this much math and this much math. So <laughs> yeah. people weren't having that much fun with it, but I wanted to be, stay true to it. So what I came up with was kind of this middle ground where to make a whiskey in the game. So don't, don't shoot me on this. All right. So, <laughs> to, to make a whiskey in the game, I, or let me back up. I've got three different categories of, of ingredients in the game. One of them is grain. To make a whiskey in the game, you in the game you have to have at least a certain number of grain cards in your recipe when you show it to the table, saying "I made whiskey." You can't have any fruit. You can't have any plants, which is kind of like vegetables. You can only have grains in whiskey. But when you make that whiskey, you're not necessarily saying "I made single malt" or "I made rye" or "I made bourbon." Instead, you're just making whiskey, which, as we know around the world, there's a lot of those whiskeys that are, you know, I'm doing not, air not quotes. Not in this room. Whiskey is whiskey in this room. Yeah, I know. I know. I know it is here, but you know what I mean. Like other yeah, oh, places. Yeah. Some people are very like it. I've actually gotten messages from people on Instagram yeah. telling me that I need to, I'm, I'm not allowed to have a whiskey society with an E and promote and drink scotch. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that's, See, that's the, like, that, that's how wild it gets. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, so what I did was the way I got around this idea of, I want to still be authentic um, is that I came up with what's called a signature recipe. So each individual that you inherit it from, so whether it be that, that uh, Kentucky distiller, they have a recipe that no one else at the table can make. And those recipes require specific things. So you'll notice, uh, for instance, the, the, the straight bourbon signature recipe requires corn. You, you yeah. can't make it without, you have to have corn. The, the single malt requires barley. You can have other things in there too, depending on what it is, but it has to have that. So that was my kind of workaround to gamify it yet still try and kind of give a nod to the authentic kind of side of it as well. Okay. Cause that's what you're ultimately working towards is to fulfill the recipe of what you chose kind of to hope. I mean, that those are pretty hard. So the game lasts over seven rounds. You're going to make seven different spirits. Um, uh, some people could say, I'm just going to make a bunch of vodka and I'm just going to sell it round after round, just churn out that money. Um, but they're not going to get many points. Vodka is not worth many points. Uh, well, vodka is worth two points. If you make one whiskey's worth 11. So the idea is that, and it has to be aged. So you have to kind of invest in it. Mm-hmm. So people have different strategies. Uh, they don't have to make 
a lot of age spirits. They could go kind of an unaged spirit route. And again, I'm trying to represent the industry here. You know, we, yeah. we think about whiskey all the time, but man, there's so many crazy spirits out there that that are just a whole different ball game in terms of how they do it and how they market. Um, so yeah, that's, but the end goal usually is kind of n- near the end of the game, have enough money to be able to afford to get the right ingredients to be able to make that signature spirit to make that uh, that's going to get you even more points as well. But it, it, is, cent- it is centered around wanting to make whiskey right like or can you choose to make rum you can choose to make rum oh you can okay yeah See. yeah so you can choose to make rum or you tequila? can choose tequila anything you got it. yeah but whiskey is so uh without getting too into the weeds uh the game has lots and lots of different recipes but the only three that are in every game no matter what are moonshine and vodka because that's how the players start out playing yep. uh and then whiskey so it's kind of centered around it you'll see the the culture of the of the distillery, all the stuff is taken from um, the equipment and the people are really focused on stuff you'd find in a whiskey distillery. And you got yeah. a big warehouse in the bottom, but you can make other age spirits for sure. Is it even as, as well. in depth as you have to create your or you have to acquire your botanicals to make di- different gins? Or uh, so that's a <laughs> uh, right now gin just takes takes uh, juniper berries. Yeah, but um, down the road, the hope is that I have an expansion that I'm actually going to be looking more at like mixology and yeah, um, yeah. rectifying and that kind of thing to to so you, start to bring so your gin uh, worth a little bit more if it, you're exactly. like an empress style. Exactly, if you're, like depending that. on how you're infusing and yeah. yeah um, one thing I didn't mention, I want to mention really quickly, because this is the the core of the game, actually, is the distillation process. And this is kind of what came to me that one night when I was brainstorming this for the first time, is that after touring lots of distilleries, I realized something with cards would allow me to have something that represents the industry and the process, but also have it be fun for players, is that when the players go to distill a spirit, so let's just say whiskey. Um, they always are required to have uh, three types of cards, water, yeast, and some sort of sugar. In the case of whiskey, a grain. Um, they can have more, and they're dumping them into their washback, which is on the side of the board. It's a kind of a curved side that they're just dumping their ingredients into, which are cards, represented mm-hmm. by cards. Um, they're putting them in there. And then what they do is they count the number of sugar cards, the number of grain cards in this case that they have. So let's say they have two grain cards they put in there. They add alcohol cards from a central stack um, and they add those to this pile of cards. Uh, The number of sugar cards uh, equates that. So if I had three grains, I'd add three alcohol, one grain, one alcohol. What this does is it's trying to represent the yeast eating the sugars. So you're kind of growing with alcohol. The alcohol has money attached to it. So the more sugars you put in there, the more money you're going to get on the other side. Mm -hmm. But then the key of the game is that then I tell, I ask players to take that stack of cards and combine them all together into one stack shuffle it all up, uh, give it a good shuffle. And then they have to take the top card and the bottom card, the head and the tail of their, of their stack. Uh And they have to pull it off and they have to put it into their pantry and they get to use it in the future. Like distillers do we, you know, they reuse it that, that what they've done is they take the heart then and they spread it out and they say, look, I made whiskey. Well, as long as they didn't lose that grain from the head and the tail, they made whiskey. If they lost that grain, they might have made moonshine. So the idea here is, again, it's like that's where it's that gamified uh, fun factor. But the idea is that if you really want to make sure you're making whiskey, it's going to be hard in the beginning. You're going to have to be able to afford to buy enough grains to put enough grains in there that when you pull the head and the tail, you still have grains in there. 
or invest in equipment in the distillery, like a column still uh, that will, um, instead of drawing two cards, just pull one card. So there's other things that I'm trying to represent with efficiency in the game too. But you've got some risk built in, right? Like you can't exactly. play snakes and ladders without hitting a snake. It's just exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say that, that's pretty cool because there are stories of people who start off and you know produce a spirit and, and fail and fail, or the other reverse, they get super lucky, lucky. Yeah. and it just takes off. And Billy mm-hmm. Walker, <laughs> just just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no that that aspect of it, and, and to call it like the heads and the tails, like that's yeah. so cool. I, the whiskey can, yeah. note to me is just like, yes. Is there like, I know. Can, can you like up, is there still cards like choosing the volume of stills and can you upgrade your still? Can you, yep. sorry, now I've got all these questions flowing through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you trade assets with people too? Can you do so that? So I haven't, I haven't. So you can totally upgrade. So your, your distillery starts out completely empty um, and you have three slots in your distillery on the, on the top floor of your distillery, kind of this dollhouse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you can buy cards from the market to upgrade that. So you could buy a column still, yeah. and that's going to up your efficiency. You could, you could hire um, uh, a coppersmith, and they're going to be able to add, you get to add more alcohol to your batch, you know, because maybe they're working on the, the, the shape of the pot still, right? Yeah. Um, so you can hire those people, install equipment. So that's how you can upgrade and change kind of what you're making and the sizes of stills and that type of thing. I don't have anything trading with, you can trade with the market right now with like the central market. There's a bunch of cards in the center you get to choose from. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about again, down the road with expansions, how there's a little bit more player interaction between, because the idea is it's four distillery. If there's a four player game, then there's four yeah. distilleries kind of competing, but also maybe friendly. So. Well, and then, yeah, you get, yeah, you get friendly kind of, um, like if you're playing risk or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You get people teaming up on people and it just exactly. creates more interaction here. It's yeah. not like there's distillers out there trading stills. <laughs> no, but they're maybe using their warehouses, right? So well, like that, that yeah. could be a cool thing, right? That so it could be a cool thing for sure. Or ones, <laughs> or ones making neutral, you know, new make spirit and then they're passing it over to someone else to warehouse it, you know, or something like that. Or the, so. if the, the whoever's making say a single malt scotch can can he buy casts off the uh the bourbon maker and and vice versa right exactly yeah. so i i have in the game i have a uh um a standard american oak barrel that um uh but then i also have an ex-bourbon oak barrel too uh so there's different barrels in the game too a custom that you can do different things with and have special abilities too so that's super cool <laughs> yeah this <laughs> So again, you, you got said our attention. The Kickstarter <laughs> for this is going live July sixth. Yep, July sixth. It goes live. Um, and there's, there's. If you go to distilledgame.com, you'll be able to see some stuff too. But honestly, the Kickstarter on July sixth is the best way because I'll have tons of videos on there about how you can watch the game played. You can see the, a lot of the cards and the art from the cards. Um, so that'll give you a really good glimpse into, again, like I said, this is not like super authentic, but it's also, I really took the time to research this and try and be as true to the industry as I can, uh, when I represent this well, also allowing people to have fun, you know? Yeah. We all know that it's, yeah. Whiskey, (laughs) whiskey can border that line of people having fun and people finding it uh, pretentious avenue to exactly uh, puff their chest out yep, yep. <laughs> this game lets you do both yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. i know i was saying the next step you should team up with an actual distillery that can create aged d- different grains 
at like a certain age point where now you can get into like blending and oh, you can I love incorporate totally. actual like actual spirits with it, which would be crazy. But that would I don't know great. how you sell that in the store. That might be a little <laughs> weird. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping they'll consider some distillery. I keep thinking, you know, this would be a neat thing to find in a distillery gift shop. Right. Where, yeah, you, you know, you're visiting, you know, someone who likes games, you want to get it for them or something like that. Yeah. You know? And that was going to be my next question is you could, uh, you could team up and do different versions for different brands so that they can mm-hmm. sell it in their, in their gift shop. Right. Exactly. You, like you go down to Jim Beam and you could buy the Jim Beam branded version of distilled or exactly, or go exactly. To, yeah, Scotland, go to Baltimore or whatever. Right. Yeah. That, that would be yeah. really cool. And then you could have different nuances that would kind of fit like their, their style of creating whiskey. Yeah. Exactly. Like the, the, the options are endless. It uh, is. It's insane. It's, it's insane. Get the first concept taken care of and then grow from there. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Cause I just, I, I, I'm really curious. I feel like it's going to do, I've got a, a fairly good following so far online uh, for the game. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful it's going to do well. We'll see. Uh, but you're right. I mean, you know, I, I hope it does catch on. Uh, and that's why I appreciate chatting with you guys too. Cause I, I think that, I want I want um, people that love whiskey. I want them to find out about this game because I think you know that's that's why I made this because I'm such a fan of that and um, it's hard to to connect those two groups. You know, uh, like what I really like yeah, about sure. this is that like I haven't been in the whiskey world for all that long, but uh, you know, for whiskey nerds, like it's a way to totally you know nerd out on something that you really really know a lot about. But then for people mm-hmm. who aren't as experienced and are maybe just trying to get into it. It's it's a great sort of uh, kind of like interactive education rather than just kind of reading mm-hmm. a book or watching YouTube videos or something like that. Totally, totally. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, it can teach some real. It'll, it'll give, yeah, others who aren't yeah total nerds like like us, but it'll give them a sense of appreciation for the work and effort that needs to actually go on and or go mm-hmm. into creating the spirit that's in the class. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Exactly. No, that's that's cool. I want to play it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. So you are you on social media? Yeah, yeah, I'm on social media as Instagram. well. So, yeah, Instagram and uh Twitter and our Facebook group's got about just over 1200 people in it uh for distilled. Right. Um and then on Instagram it's uh just distilled game uh all one word and on Twitter's distilled underscore game. So, um yep, on 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 all the socials too. Good, good. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll make sure we'll share it in the Edmonton Whiskey Forum. Cool. Here um, and and wherever we can. Honestly, when the Kickstarter because Kickstarter goes on July sixth. So yep. We'll uh, yeah, just keep in touch, and we'll yeah, we'll help you as much as we can. We we love the concept, so I think thanks. It's, well, well we, could, we could have this episode launch that same day or the day before. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll line all that up for sure. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I should say um that so I don't know how familiar you are with Kickstarter, but with board games at least, you shoot for a goal. Like we want to we need this much money to make it happen. But then if you go beyond it, you can start doing stretch goals as well. Mm -hmm. So a stretch goal pretty far down, but I'm hopeful like crossing fingers we do this well. Uh we've got a, a Canadian rye distiller. Uh, as yeah. one of those identities. So uh, again, we've um, really excited about that. Um, uh, Cause again, we just want to grow as many represent all these different people and di- different types of, of whiskey making and spirit making around the world. So you should almost uh, in the future too incorporate an independent bottler where they have to, 
they can choose to be an independent bottler where they buy spirit from everybody else. Oh, stuff. interesting. I like it. Ooh, or I like that. Like that would be a cool yeah. concept. Yeah. yeah that's so they good. Would, they would, you know, be passing money or whatever into the distilleries that are, yeah, they the still game. have their own bottlings yeah. and they still sell yeah. the product, but they have to incorporate purchasing it instead of creating it kind of thing. Yeah. I like that. That's interesting. Interesting. Be kind of, that's good. <laughs> so many, you got my wheels, know, got my just, wheels moving, Dave. Yeah. Well, if you, yeah I love if it. You need a focus group. This is where your guys right here, right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, I mean, that's the beauty of of at least for me, the beauty of board games is that just like that kind of stuff, conversations happen, and all it is is then an expansion. I mean, it's like, uh, okay, I can't do that right now, but you know, once distilled, then it's a it's a pretty it's a hefty game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. But once it's produced officially, and I'm hoping by the thousands, the next step then is that to start looking at expansions, which are much smaller, but then they kind of attach on to the game um, and do exactly that. They bring in new mechanics, new ideas, new new perspectives. So yeah, who knows where it'll take us. Yeah, no kidding. I'm, uh, one thing, I don't know if you're, if you want to answer it, but like how, how much does it cost to manufacture a, a board yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, sure. No, happy to. So, um, oh man, it's, it, that's something that I, <laughs> when I set out to design a, a game about, a distilling whiskey. I did not think I was going to also be kind of like a, you know, on the, on the phone with manufacturers in China to manufacture games, getting quotes. So I've got lots of different quotes. Nothing's for sure yet, but essentially it's based on volume. So usually their minimum volume is around a thousand to 1500 copies that they'll, they'll print. Yeah. And then it obviously gets much uh, more affordable as it goes right now to make distilled, um, uh, at the level without any stretch goals or anything else, it's around twelve dollars uh, a copy. Twelve dollars yeah. for me to pay to make it. Yeah. Uh, and so essentially, what they say, and but that's only there. It doesn't include things like the freight to get it back over here, or if I'm working with a distributor, they usually buy it for about half the cost of what it'd be sold for. So that's more money. So yeah, we're looking at around twelve dollars, but the hope is that we can we can sell enough copies that the numbers increase so high that instead of normally the cost to produce that same product would go down, right? So it'd yeah. be like $10. Great. But it, with Kickstarter and what I want to do is I want to take those savings and put, put it back into the game and do things like I was just talking about, add new cards, awesome. add new ideas, you know, so it's even a bigger, better game. Um, so yeah, right around for this one, right around $12 per game, give or take a buck, I'd say. And that like the board game industry is, is still active it's if, if anything it's more active than it's oh, ever yeah. been it's which huge. is cool to see because obviously video games and that has have taken off but there's still there's still a global appreciation for board games yeah um, it's, what what's yeah. some of your favorite like classic board games that you love i'm curious yeah so i would say uh a few of my favorites that i absolutely love um uh that I could, I, I don't know how many people are familiar with uh, Catan's a really fun game yeah. Um, oh, yeah. that, that I, I, I play a lot, especially with my kids who are just starting to get into board games. Um, I have uh, another game actually that I really like that, that many people, they don't compare distilled to, but they talk about, cause it's also in the same vein. It's actually called Viticulture and it's about winemaking. Um, oh. uh, and in that case, it's, it's uh, same concept in terms of like you're running a, a winery, um, but it's more about you have workers that you're moving almost like you were talking about before moving around a map, like you're moving them around a board and, and doing different things. So it's another one that I, I really like. 
Um, and then there's some other obscurums that are probably more in the realm of like Dungeons and Dragons type of uh, RPG type of, of games and campaign type of games. But um, yeah, I've got a massive collection. I love board games. Um, and I think like to comment on that, what you had said earlier, I think that it's really an important point that you made that video games are still popular. Of course, they will continue to be. I think the reason board games are seen that many people are calling it like this renaissance is that people want to get away from the screen and they want to do something around the table with other people, uh, especially after this year. Uh, yeah. But then more so too, for me at least, and I'm not kidding, it's something that I can like, I can share a dram with my friends while we're playing a game. With video games, I don't know, it, it doesn't see, feel the same way or they're not overplaying, you know, I'm at my house, they're at their yeah. house. It's not a social. It's just it, like not it's social. Not a, yeah, it's not a social game unless you're, I guess, playing against someone or, or competing against someone online. And exactly. I feel like then, it, then it's just a bunch of people making fun of each other. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've, right? And I've got, I've got games. I've got. There's a couple of really great um, uh, people on Instagram, but also just reviewers that just post reviews online that pair spirits with games or they pair drinks, you know, might be any yeah, drink yeah. Yeah. with games. And so it's that kind of cool thing where it's, it's two experiences that you are, like you said, social around a table that, that you can talk and, you know, uh, I don't know. I think that's why I absolutely love it and probably why the two work so well together and why I was like, I can't believe a game hasn't been made about distilling spirits. I need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Have you looked to see how, how popular the, the wine board game is i'm, I'm surprised to hear that uh, wine drinkers can see past the end of their nose to play <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Just kidding. Um, have you have you have you looked it's, at that at all it's crazy pop that that game now the the designer is a very well-renowned uh designer in the industry um he he owns and runs one of the most popular his name's uh uh, Jamie Stegmeyer, he runs Stonemeyer games. Okay. Um, they actually came out with a game called wingspan. That's pretty popular right now. Um, okay. but anyway, viticulture is quite popular. It's a very good game. It's a lot of fun. If you do have people that, that do enjoy a glass of wine, yeah. it's a, kind of the same concept that I I'm trying to do where I want to introduce. It's a great way to introduce people to the, the, the concept of winemaking, which is obviously a, a far, uh, probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but a far simpler process um, yeah. just because there's not as much that is involved with it. Um, uh, and so, um, but it's a great way to introduce people to that concept anyway. And it's visually rich, which is another thing I really wanted to do distill this, have the artwork be something that's like, you see a car like, Oh man, that's, that's not just that's not a photo of a barrel, but that's an illustration of a barrel, which my artist yeah. has just been an amazing that's um, cool. asset to it too. Yeah, Crazy. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what other questions I might have floating in my head. What are you drinking? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm drinking. Um, I'm dr I got, I think, did I get, I can't remember if I got this when I was over in Scotland. Yes, I did. So Cardace 15, some Laphroaig, oh, which is my favorite. There you go. Yeah. So I. Um, we got some Laphroaig in the glass here from our last, yeah, our last oh, yeah? episode. Oh, I just. It was probably it was probably one of my first peated drams, so that's probably also why it um, it's always stuck with me. But when I toured, so I when I was over in Scotland, I I spent a, a nice long weekend on Isla, and when I toured Laphroaig, that sealed the deal as far as just falling in love with that place and and the spirit. And um, so yeah, anyway, uh, having having some Laphroaig, um, the that, port uh, wine, Cardoso's, the the like the latest. 
or uh, last yeah. year. Sorry, last year's is one of my favorite, one of my yeah. all favorites of theirs. Yeah, sure. it's oh, so it's good, so so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had another question in my head and I lost it when I was talking <laughs> about this whiskey. We got we got talking about whiskey and I totally just lost my train of thought. <laughs> what happens when I know is not focused? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you like what's what's your goals as far as um, when like when do you want to achieve your Kickstarter goals and like when when do you when's production kind of planned out for you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Kickstarter will last about three weeks. Uh, and so we're hoping to reach our goal. Our goal is going to be 18, trying to raise 18,000. Um, that will allow us to print, uh, 1500 copies. Like I was talking about before, kind of at the basic level. My hope is that we get far beyond that. So we can add more and print even more copies. I'm in conversation with people, uh, a licensing agent that's hopefully going to help it see other languages as well. So get it around the Uh, world too. We'll see. Um, uh, but, um, the hope is that when the Kickstarter finishes, we'll get to work on finalizing any more art that we have or other things that do to the stretch goals and other things. Um, my hope is since it's, it's me, just I'm the company, like it's, <laughs> I'm working with my artist and it's me and an, another uh, guy who's a developer who was over in the UK, who's been helping me out, who does kind of a lot of the number crunching for balancing the game. Um, we're hoping to have it in backers hands uh, next year, next summer. So uh, it'll kind of produce in the early spring, freight all the way over here, and then get distributed out to backers then. Um, so we'll see, crossing fingers on that. Uh, and with that, you know, all the time throughout that, though, you know, keeping people posted on the on the process as well. Uh, and I'll be ordering a, enough copies to have some extra that I hope, whether it's in distillery, gift shops, or it's in game stores, I'm hoping to be able to find some other places that that would sell it for those that, you know, missed out on the Kickstarter as well. Cause with the Kickstarter, you're going to get some stuff that nobody else is going to get. Yeah. Um, uh, some exclusive cards, you're going to have the option of getting metal coins. So like custom metal coins. So it feels like you've got coins in the game, some coasters, theme coasters, some other cool stuff as well uh, in the Kickstarter too, that people won't be able to necessarily get as easily afterwards. But I want to make sure the actual game is something people can get later too. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it would um, like in, wine and beyond which is like a total wine type store mm-hmm. like they they have a, a section for books and miscellaneous miscellaneous paraphernalia kind of thing but i think yeah. it would like it would it would sit in those stores i think it would do well right people mm-hmm. would mm-hmm. I, like it's as long as it's priced appropriately and, yeah exactly um, yeah. yeah i don't know if you, you give our if you want to give me export rights right now and then uh i'll take care of that for you <laughs> yeah i like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know it's fine I'd, yeah, like, like a Christmas gifts or or whatever you could sell it in a package with some whiskey or if I you know. want it, or you could choose it. Like once again, the retailers have they can do whatever they want with it, right? Exactly. Buy yeah, exactly twelve games or it's yeah, it's endless. Once you get to production, you can obviously uh, figure all that out later. Totally. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking of like playing game, like playing board games with friends. We we used to play. Well, it was Axis and Allies when we were really young. Oh, which yeah. Which we loved, right? Which is classic. And then Civilization. Nice. Came in and Civ. We've had some epic battles of Civilization where a group of friends had not even talked to one another for like a month <laughs> afterwards. We had we had one where Nils, which Sean knows really well, he's a, a whiskey guy in town here. He got so pissed off about losing Civilization that he threw everything back in the box 
went and grabbed a can of hairspray, lit it on fire, put it in the box, threw it in the backyard, and blew the thing to smithereens. <laughs> yeah. It's we we get pretty passionate playing video games back then, but or yeah. I mean uh, board games back then. But that's funny. It's uh, I'm looking forward to some some nice nights around the table. Oh. I don't think it'll get that. Hopefully, intense, you won't do that. Yeah, don't let him uh, do that. I guess we, we were in our early 20s back then. So it was, uh, it was <laughs> yeah. a different different ball game. It was it was about 50 Jack and Cokes into it. <laughs> thing, so. Yeah, I remember playing um, Risk. Uh, in our lunchroom on a job site that we were on for we were there for like eight weeks straight you get like one day off every three weeks but it was always set up in the corner of the lunchroom and it was, we were on night shift and it was like middle of saskatchewan so summer storms always blowing in we'd be all, you know confined to the lunchroom for hours at a time yeah and we'd sit there and we'd play and there was one guy i came i came about a month after the job started and there was one guy who was undefeated and the, literally the very first game we sat down and played. And, of course, a couple of the other guys teamed up and kind of took him out. Yeah, and yeah. I just kind of hung back. And then I ended up winning. <laughs> Absolutely. He the table with the game and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if like, you want to learn how to be the ultimate diplomat, yeah, those are those games that will teach you, right? Because if totally. you want to win... You can't get on anyone's yeah, back. Negotiation, you can't, you communication, can't get lost yeah. in the drama that's going on around the board. Right? You gotta true. Just do your thing. Stick, stick to your strategies. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, me and my brother. This is like long ago. We would play Monopoly, but would have like you know quadruple money, like four hotels on boardwalks. So you know if you if you landed on there, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're done. And so he was just you know he's a great guy, but he just didn't like to lose at that game. So I knew the game was over when I pulled ahead of him and then he just flipped the board and then wow. that was it. <laughs> it's true it's uh, you know board games brings out the best and worst in people it's uh and then when you combine it with uh yeah whiskey or something else that that's a, that's a, a burning box in the backyard for sure <laughs> gonna see some yeah, flipping flipping the board is like the ultimate mic drop in yeah, situation. it really is like that that's a, that's a, that's a baller is. Oh, yeah. what you <laughs> whether you win or lose just put that thing and walk away right <laughs> well dave i really appreciate your your time um and we're yeah we're definitely here to to support you i'm really cool, excited thanks. to see this concept come to life and uh it's it after i guess next summer hopefully we're we're seeing people post that they're actually playing it exactly so that's that's obviously the goal so yeah um, You've definitely got a backer right here, sitting here. Yeah, um, we'll cool. be. Yeah, I'll be. Thanks, I'll guys. Be, Thanks. Yeah. July sixth, yeah. first thing <laughs> in the morning. Yeah, everyone, <laughs> uh, make sure to watch on a Kickstarter. We'll we'll be sure to post it on our socials as well, and cool, and kind of spread it around to, to support where we can. So nice, appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, keep keep in touch for sure. Let, keep in touch and let us know how the production goes and how definitely will do. So, all right, my friend. Thanks. Yeah. Talk soon. Take care. Yeah. See you later. Bye-bye. Let's, uh, let's drink some whiskey. That's why are we talking about, uh, drinking some whiskey. So Sean, well, you, you guys can tell us what, what we're drinking. Cause okay. I know you guys coordinated it. Well, so this controversial about a month ago, I get a message. <laughs> I get a message from Paul here and he said, man, I just got this bottle of the space side secret space side. It's a uh, exclusive Sierra Springs. I bought it on a whim. It's dark. It's, you know, super sherry. He's like, but I, I went online and I, I went and saw, read a couple of reviews and everybody's trashing it. I got to read a positive review. I was like, oh, that, that's weird. And then he's like, 
but I taste it and it's fine. Like, it's awesome. It's cool. It's like, it's dirty. It's dank. It's, you know, it's all Rosso in yeah. heaven. And I was like, okay, well, we love dank. I was like, well, give me a sample. And like, I want to try this if you're saying it's so good. And then he said, okay. And then like literally three days later, he's like, yeah, one of the guys that gave it one of those bad reviews, like he's a meteorologist, just like me, went to the same school and everything. And he doesn't <laughs> want it. He's going to give me the bottle. I just traded him a, a heel for it. And I was like, sweet. And he's like, yeah, I'm giving it to you. I was like, what? Okay. Sweet. <laughs> Even sweeter. This is awesome. So it's yeah. really working out for me yeah. right now. So yeah, no, I, I just, you know, I paid quite a bit of money to this. And when I, I looked at the whiskey based reviews after I bought it, so I was just like, oh, fuck. You know, I was, I was so disappointed. But my fears were laid as soon as I opened up the bottle. I was like, yeah, you're hit with a bit of a whiff of sulfur. But it's not, it's not, uh, I think one of the reviews said, uh, many rotting dead yeah, bodies. That's a little extreme. Wilderbeast. Here, let, let, let me, let, let me. Let me see. I got it right in front of me here. So the taste is is bile, wildebeest, dead bodies in brackets, many of them, plural, black eggs. Wait, does one, not does one dead body so, taste like d- different than many dead bodies? <laughs> well, when I'm reading that, I'm like, how do you know? Like, are you an undertaker, or do you work in a funeral home, or you work in a morgue? Like, I like, I like puffing the dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. From the, from the train, Clearly, like, somebody honestly. exaggerating so, to the point of making themselves look stupid in my eyes, but it, it does like well, it's very it burnt just, match for sure, yeah. right off the nose. And it's like yeah. if you were to throw a burnt match inside of a cup of grape juice, which is I'm getting like a lot of dried, like for me, I'm getting a lot of dried yeah. cranberries mm-hmm. on, on the nose, and that hit me like immediately was just like just. I mean, you just, this is an amazingly active, uh, sherry, uh, sherry bud or whatever this was mature. Yeah. And all we really know about it, 17 year old, 2000 year, year of distillation and it's cast strength and obviously heavily sherried. It's a, it's a weirdo for sure. It's a, as Sean McCaller would say, what the fuck is that? It's different. It's, but it's not, Yeah, it's not off putting. It's not making me, <clears throat> Yeah, I'm not sitting here writing in my book dead bodies or anything like that. Like, yes, it has some, definitely has some sulfur, some that that matchy kind of characteristic to it. But it's not, I don't know, it's still pleasing. It's still okay in my eyes. Well, and like like my post today, which was kind of poking fun at these people that reviewed this because I included it. I just put a bunch of sherry bombs that are lean, lean towards this side of the sherry where it's you know, that deep, dark dunnage floor, you know, burnt leather, you know, that kind of Oloroso. And so I, f- I went through all my like heavily sherried bottles and I, you know, I nosed a bunch of them and then I put them all in a picture and I took a picture and posted it. So I'm going to go th- actually this week coming up, I'm going to go through a bunch of those and review them singularly as my posts. But um, like there's, there's that Irishman 17, it has the same deep dark all also to it, and that's on an Irish the so, sulfur notes too. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's like this one. Like you get a tinge of the sulfur right off the bat, but then for me, like I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a huge sherry head. Once I get into it deep enough and taste it, like I I still might find that sulfur, but everything else stands out way more than it. Yeah, yeah. No, this is 
like what I like about it, like it, there's a lot of oak on the palate, like a lot of oak, but there's that, that sort of dry cranberry or grape juice note, like that, that juicy note just remains from the nose all the way to the finish. So it's it's not it's not it doesn't feel overly oak because you do have that tartness that sweetness a little bit of sour note you know like it's just this perfect balance um, of, of of flavors so you're, you're expecting to have like a really dry oaky finish but it, right at the end of the finish you get this really kind of tart kind of juicy feeling your mouth is yeah watering, like you said you know? cranberry there's definitely that like tartness of a of a cranberry juice or or something like that yeah like even like I get a bit of um, I don't know if you've ever drank had any prune juice before. Mm-hmm. You get you get that, like that yeah. that has that yeah. kind of like real earthy dankness that that I'm really getting in this for sure. And like it has has yeah, a nice uh, spice. The drink that'll keep you regular <laughs> keeps you regular. It's a, it's what's funny. My my wife is pregnant, she, so she started taking it to help herself keep regular. Not that she wants me to talk about her pooping on this mm-hmm. podcast, but. <laughs> Um, so I've been just like taking a shot with her every now and then, and I was already regular. Now I'm really regular. <laughs> no, like it has that like mid. That was a good tangent. Yeah. That was a great tangent. Yeah, can't even. The right <laughs> love that. Um, but like it has that oloroso spice that I look for in a deeply oloroso cast whiskey, but it hits like mid palate, and as it goes into that finish with that tartness, the tartness takes over, and the spice kind of like falls off like to me this is a roller coaster whiskey and i love that term where you know it starts off and it hits with that sweetness and kind of like a nuttiness and then the the fruits and then hits that spice in the middle and kind of builds and then as the spice starts to fade off then you get that cranberry and you know a little bit of the obviously the 60 percent abv just under 60 percent. that that shows too but it does not drink like a 60 percent whiskey like if if i is that what this is it's 58 i didn't even ask 58.9 oh god no so like i would guess i would guess 48 50 tops like and i know people say oh how how can you taste abv but like you drink enough whiskey you can tell and there's no way how can you taste abv yeah like uh, if it burns your mouth (laughs) if you can't Uh, if you can't taste anything after because your tongue's burnt it's probably a really high <laughs> it's probably a 69 percent signatory <laughs> signatory release of some sort <laughs> yeah yeah or, or like that highland park cast drink which is just like like that is like that drinks super super hot without water like you know you're drinking cast drink no this, I, this I would have guessed yeah, I would have guessed low, probably fifty-ish, high forties kind of thing. Like at honestly, first. the that but ed- the sulf, the for me that little that sulfur does kind of takes the focus off the maybe the ABV or the, yeah. the alcohol presence. But like that Edredor, the forty-six percent one that we did right there. Yeah, this one. Yep. Um, like it's got that same deep Oloroso maturation. Yeah, that's. That's like a prune juice bomb. But then when you go from that to the straight from the cask, which is cask strength, I think 58.2, something like that. Yeah. And that's just like, it's like this one. It's got way more of that, you know, like, you know, setting fire on a baseball glove and, you know, that, that deep dark, like we, we overuse the word, but dank. Dank. We just love that word (laughs) dank. Before, before we get too far removed from uh, the guests, what do you guys think about the board game? 
I think it's super cool. Oh man, I love that. Like the concept is really cool. He he reached out to me about a month ago, and uh, yeah, I immediately had my attention. Actually, for, no, I lie. At first, I was like, I thought it was just like some sort of spam. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I read like first lines. I was like, board game about distilling or something, whatever. And then yeah, I, I read it like again the next week when he got a chance to sit down, and I was like, and this sounds really cool. And he, he just seems like a solid yeah. guy. Any my interaction with him has been great. And to be, I've never met a board game designer before. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, no. And like, even when you pitched the thing, the, you know, the guest to me, I was like, what is he talking about? Like I was at work distracted. I got the text message. I was <laughs> yeah. like, is Wait, he, this like, is weird. Has yeah. he been drinking all day? Like what is Usually he that's what I'm doing. And then, yeah, like you didn't really explain it much more. And no, I just left it at that. I didn't even tell you what was going on. I no, just we were like a guest so busy this week <laughs> yeah. that with like the heat wave and everything, just doing whatever we can to survive. And then, yeah. And you reminded me today, like we were talking to this guy. I was like, okay, sweet. Yeah. I had no idea what we we're getting into. And then as soon as he started explaining, I'm like, this is awesome. This is so cool. And, and I think that this is coming at just the right time, right? Because this is an adult game, right? So this is not a game you're going to play with your eight and yeah. ten year old daughters. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't just go, you know, openly. Uh, and, but now everyone can get can start to get together, and we can start, you know, using this game. So it's coming along at like just the right time. Yeah, for sure. To feed off the yeah the uh, like normal coming back and and, and actual in in person social interaction and that. So he definitely has some work to do and I'll be happy to support him. And it's, it's like a first to first concept kind of thing. Like that nobody else has done something like this, which is also probably pretty exciting from his point of view. Yeah. And if oh, you yeah, can reach exactly. across the whiskey world and, you know, even if one out of every 30 people you talk to about it or sees it decides to back I, it. I like, can think of, yeah, I could probably think of 20 enthusiasts Oh yeah. In this city that will pick up one in a second. Yeah, exactly. So right. So if every even if every city around the world sells 20. A, say a hundred games or yeah. something like that, you're laughing. That he's gonna outreach yeah. his goal for sure. Yeah. Everyone's just gonna be fighting over which over which over which uh coffee they're gonna play with. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. time you're the burden guy. Yeah, maybe you can uh <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get extra XP for just uh, being able to do a good Kentucky accent or a good Scottish yeah, accent. You have so to, do, yeah. you have to do the accent. You know, I mean, <laughs> that might get a little culturally insensitive, but uh, you know, we can always try. It behind <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how the like dynamic at the table um, kind of functions with the while playing the game and how it all like just how the evening unfolds while playing it. That's what I like the experience I'm, I'm more curious about. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. Like, like what'll happen as you get more drunk, what'll happen if you've got a couple of store losers who just have their, you know, their spray cans just at the ready, you know, people, you know, make sure you, you nail down the (laughs) the table um, for later in the night. And, you know, I think you're, I I think you're great. you're going to have the people really? that get to be the uh, the doctor in the game of life, and you're going to have the people that we're stuck being the like mailman or whatever, <laughs> right? That are just like, oh, I'm not going to go to school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're gonna, yeah. Like, Much more interesting than game of life. Yeah. But I got to use simple references for our listeners because we're all very simple people. You know, <laughs> we'll probably get confused by this game, Absolutely. honestly. <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you mean I yeah. need corn? I'm making bourbon. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I wanted to. I wanted to Are come you? to. Uh, like I wanted to, after it gets manufactured. I'd like to bring them back on, and we'll just like play the game live or something like that with uh, four people or, or yeah. whatever. Right? I think it might be cool. That'd be, it'd be cool for me. I don't know about anybody else, but that's why we do this. So uh, You should try like a, like do like a Twitch live stream or something like that. Or a Twitch, YouTube live stream. On, on the Twitch, but that's gamers. I wonder, do they do board games on Twitch or is it just video games? Oh, everything. people do everything on, on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy platform. Yeah, there's there's an amazing amount of people making a ton of money off people just watching them play video games. It's actually quite insane to me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's 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 such a big thing, right? I mean, there's people will pay for things that I you would know. never expect them How? to pay like, for. Like there's that um, yeah. doctor, oh, what's his name? I can't remember. He's the guy that play he has that persona with a mullet and the mustache and he um he had a big he had a oh. contract with Twitch and then he went off, something happened, and then he went back to YouTube. Um, but yeah, he like you watch him on YouTube and the money, like the money signal is just like cha-ching, cha-ching, ching. People are sending him five, ten, twenty bucks while he's sitting there playing. And it yeah, he's just created this gamer persona. It's I don't know, it's just bizarre. It's a world that I I'm not a gamer, so I don't even understand. I don't understand it either, but uh, apparently you can make a good living. Well, maybe that's our next venture, Sean. I uh, drink as much whiskey as you can and go on and try and play video games. Done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See how much of an ass you can make of yourself. One. Of, this is going to be so weird, but one of the funnest games I've ever played was for Xbox 360, and it was 360 Xbox One. I don't know. One of them. It was Deadliest Catch, where you're literally. Like you, same thing, you have to build up money, fix your boat, but you're a, yeah. crab, a crab fisherman in the Bering Sea. And like as you go through the game, the, the seas get rougher and stuff. It takes so long to play. But I bought it at a, a like flea market. My yeah. best friend came over. We ordered pizza at like seven o'clock, sat down, and it was like five in the morning. The sun was coming up. He's like, I, I gotta go. <laughs> but like it was like the weirdest. You wouldn't even think that that would be a video game. And it was. And it was like so much fun to play. <laughs> Um, Paul, I'm curious to to ask because you're fairly new to the whiskey community here in, in Edmonton, especially. Um, what what kind of inspired yeah. you to start? Uh, like, did you just flick on Instagram and notice that there was a whole this whole like community lying on there, and then and then just jumped because you literally just jumped head first into it. Yeah, as I always do with <laughs> lots of stuff. Um, uh, so for me, my, my whiskey journey began when we moved into this, into our new uh, community out in uh, East Central Edmonton, out near sort of Refinery Row. And uh, we had a elementary school, um, you know, meet and greet, the, you know, whatever you have at the beginning of the school year, right? And there was just one guy in, uh, that I was just chatting to, um, his daughters in, in my daughter's class, and he just said, uh, hey, we've got a little local whiskey club do you want to be part of it and i was like hey sure great you know i've never really gotten into whiskey at all um i came into whiskey through age rum and, and making cocktails and uh the high sugar content maybe gained just like a shit ton of weight so um i've actually lost weight during the pandemic i've lost like 50 pounds so i've kept it off which is which is pretty pretty awesome but so anyway i ended up getting to less sugary spirits was whiskey so anyway i went to this whiskey club and 
you just bring a yeah. bottle and it was about you know between five and ten people in the founder's basement and we just talked about uh you know our experience or it, like this bottle was special to us um i remember this guy brought um some uh, uh finnish white spirit uh what's it called um but uh, anyway he, he tried it in in iceland and it was one of uh, like a bar that B, that bjork owned and there was like two big tufts and they were trying to get him to drink the stuff like we were just laughing you know it's just a way to share experiences so um that was in october of 2019 and of course the pandemic hit just months afterwards so we only had a, a few meetings and so i went on a journey uh by myself for quite a long time like i uh, like many people, I watched a lot of Ralphie videos, tons of them. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't watch his stuff anymore because I'm sort of like in a in a different in a different place than than I, I was watched back it then. Um, but probably over a year, I haven't watched anything or longer, two years. Honestly, I don't know why, but yeah, not very much. Like, but he still has his absolute place in, in whiskey, right? He's, 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 a, he's, he's a god. Um, so yeah, just started, I started really on YouTube. And then um, I got into this community just really recently, like, yeah. like, like months ago, um, when I started taking part in, in, in tastings, uh, the Alberta Scotch Society, I got in through that way in tastings, and then just started getting to know people, um, got into the into Travis's uh, Edmonton Whiskey Forum, and then I figured that everybody's on IG, so I just got onto Instagram and you know started started you know following people. And then I just just recently, like really in the last month or month and a half, maybe a couple of months, I decided to make just make my own content. Like I've got, I mean, I don't, I think I ended up with about, I think I had four bottles at the beginning of the pandemic, and now I've got probably like 120. <laughs> That's that's how it happens. <laughs> welcome, welcome to whiskey uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god i mean i've got you guys to that. <laughs> you no go. but i mean and and just like lots of sample swapping like sean's given me uh lots of samples i just got you know a few samples from josh and uh uh john the whiskey neighbor who was you know really amazing yeah. guy on youtube uh, the local local guy um so yeah just just lots of experiences and then i just thought i'd write my own reviews um, and re reviews is kind of an interesting thing. Cause I, at the beginning I had some imposter syndrome, you know, I mean, you sort of look at these people on malt reviews or, or some of these other, uh, is it malt, malt reviews, yeah. the big one? Um, that's the one. Yeah. And there's just like, you know, their nosing notes are like, you know, 30 different notes. And I was just like, you know, I'm not that good. <laughs> Dude, I like, I love their, you know I love that website. I honestly, I like their in-depth reviews and they're, oh, they're all like. Very, very, very good writers. What I what I like most about them is they're honest they're as honest. hell too. Yeah. Like they're they're almost honest yeah. to the point of being like too much over the too top. critical. Like, too critical. Really? Yeah. Like you're giving it a four out of ten yeah. when like I've never seen a score well, that the, low. The best is when they like when they find a target and they blast it. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's it like and we I I feel like we're kindred spirits because they also share similar feelings about draw um so it's it's always entertaining was <laughs> watching them or sorry reading them write about it but they're yeah they're they're almost honest to a detriment but it's still entertaining it's very entertaining writing i think in a way they they they, they might have to tack that way because they get so many samples from mm -hmm. distilleries or or reps and whatnot so they, they feel almost like they have to 
they have to judge it a little bit more more for harshly. Sure. Um, so you know, I mean that that may that may come to pass for me. I don't I don't know. But the the thing that I decided when I was going to do actual reviews, like really starting with this bourbon series that I've been working on, is that I just have to be mm-hmm. honest and true to myself. And you know what? If you get three or four notes on the nose, that's what you get. You know. And as I get more and more experienced, or as anybody becomes a more experienced whiskey drinker, you just have the ability to pick out more. I mean, I actually have my mm-hmm. spice bottles when I'm doing these reviews, and like I'll you know unscrew the all spice and have a little sniff, and then sniff the whiskey. I mean, obviously it's bourbon, yeah. so it's going to have cinnamon, and and but there might be just like a little bit of nutmeg or a little bit of clove, and you're like. Yeah. Okay. I, I get that. You know, I mean, I love my spice rack and, and, and so I, I, I cook, that's one of my passions. So, um, you know, I, I really like kind of picking that stuff out and then just not using jargon, like not using the word complex without describing what that means. I don't even use that word. I don't use marzipan. I don't use treacle. I don't use those any of these words? kind of like, those buzz, you know, those those kind of best buzz, buzz tasting words. notes. Paul, Paul's been paying attention. Paul. <laughs> I have been, I've been a great student of this podcast. I'll have, you know, (laughs) so yeah, it's just been really fun. And, uh, you know, half of it, well, it's, it's, it's three different things. It's about dusting off some of the bottles that maybe you've got in your cabinet and just asking yourself why you bought those in the first place. Maybe you're in a different place and you don't like them anymore. Um, the second is actually doing the writing, which I enjoy, but really the most enjoyable is not just looking at the number of likes you get it's just the discussion and people that are willing to take the time to read your post and to mm-hmm. comment and having a little bit of a thread i love that i mean sean you've you've got that ton with your um you know with your posts which are which are much more kind of like asking for opinions and stuff like that like that generates a lot of discussion well, great for me like instagram it, not that it got boring or anything but to me, it was like through the whiskey community, you you can go scroll through your feed and, you know, three quarters of the posts are pictures of bottles, but then you look and there's nothing underneath it. And to me, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. You bought a bottle. Like, you don't tell me if you like it. You don't tell me if you don't like it. It's just, you put a bottle in a bush on a trail yeah, just, and you took a picture. It just feels like an, a real, a bad space. Kind yeah. Of thing, right? and, and it's, but it's hard to, like, I will. Oh, I've been on actively like every day posting on Instagram for a long time now. And it's, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I, I hit my pockets of time where I have a real hard time creating or uh, posting like, I don't know, very, I don't know, having something interesting to say and like constantly being able to like produce conversational posts. And like, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough to not, fall into that but there you're right there are a lot of people that don't even try and like the other thing is there there are so are a lot of people that just like to peacock yeah with their right with their they just like to brag and i got this comment from uh like a guy that recently joined park whiskey society in the winter um i i went out and played played golf with him and another guy a few weeks ago and he was he just straight up was like I appreciate your page because you're bringing attention to bottles that, that I can get and afford, right? You're not only posting all these bottles that I can't even find or buy, or don't even understand where they come from or right. Like 
I, I can't relate with them. And he's like, I stopped. He's like, I pretty much unfollowed all of those people because I was just tired of seeing them post the most expensive and the most exclusive bottles they could find and basically just bragging to the world. He's like, those, those are not the bottles I buy. So I, why, why do I want to follow those people? And it's true. A lot of, there's a lot of accounts out there that are just boasting. That's all they're doing. Like taters. Oh, <laughs> I, love I that figured that out. Taters. Yeah. Tater, tater, you know, there's a lot of that of, of tatery yeah. kind of posts. And, you know, I haven't been in this for very long. And it's just that like, there's two things that kind of annoy me. The first one is posting a bunch of sealed bottles with nothing to say. And the second one where it's like people who are, who have like, you know, a hundred Blantons and they're, they're, they're obviously trying to sell them to us. Like some kind of secondary yeah, yeah. market thing, you know, like, like I, I, I don't know. And for yeah. me, like with the Instagram game, like before, yeah. even you can even look like a year ago from now, like I would post fairly regularly, but it wasn't until like Josh and Steve, you know, you both hit 10,000 right around the same time. And I remember sitting in your basement right before we recorded and I said like, like, give me some tips. Like what? And you said the biggest thing is posting every day. Consistency. You have yeah. to be consistent. Or Instagram else. promotes consistency. And if you want engagement, you have to be posting. It's like, if you're not going to post every day, then you need to pick a post schedule because if you if you don't do something regular, then IG algorithm doesn't pick up on it. So you lose engagement just based on inconsistencies. But it's they make it tough on you. It's not yeah. When I first started, like I gained my first five thousand uh followers before they changed the algorithm, um, whatever it was, a year and a half ago or two years ago, kind of thing. And then it was it crazy. Like they just they changed the whole <laughs> the whole thing it was now it's so so difficult like even when you look at like big accounts like from barrel to bottle they they flew through like twenty thousand people in a year and then it's been three years to get their next twenty thousand people which that part of instagram really irritates me because i don't want to feel like instagram's a job and sometimes i do yeah well perfect example my wife started her own small business she makes and sells jewelry out of clay and you know she literally started with zero and i'm pretty sure i was following you didn't one. start at zero no i had built-in followers <laughs> but like yeah it was just it's weird because it's, that's not even <laughs> it's not even a year old right so to see it from literally the ground floor because like my page started as like a personal a personal page, yeah for and then sure. it just turned into a whiskey page and now with her business like it's, it's cool to see it. And she's done a few like engagement kind of um, collaborations yep. with, with other people. And that's, that's and, a great way to do it is because the more you get shares, yeah, the more engagement comes from it. So then, and right at the beginning, it was after we had talked and I said, like, you literally have to post every day or every second day and like plan it out. Yeah. You know, you want to use consistent color schemes throughout it. So fairly early she you know developed a way of taking pictures of her products and stuff and putting it on there and like she flew from like 200 and she was struggling she's like i can't build it and now she's like 800 and it's only been a couple months and i'm like see it's like it's the consistency and she knows it it is yeah but she struggles with the same thing like there's days where she works all day mm-hmm. picks the kids up from school she comes home has to make dinner it's seven o'clock she hasn't done anything she's like i gotta post today and so she's yeah, same it's thing. It's, easy, it's struggling it's... to find a something to post yeah. and b getting it out there. 
And I said, there's nothing wrong with, you know, taking a bunch of pictures at once, which is what we do with bottles. We take a bunch of pictures at once, then you have a backlog and you post. Yeah. Same thing with podcasts. So with her, she'll get motivated or have the time to do it. Takes a bunch of pictures and I said, now save it. Post one a day. And there's nothing wrong with reaching back three months ago and reposting something. No. Because they don't they don't pick up on a repost because oh, it's like your own picture. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I, I've never done that until, until recently, honestly, just because I got to a point where I had no yeah, <clears throat> I had no pictures kind of stopped, <clears throat> stocked up. So it's yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just consistently like I, I've been recently punished by Instagram because I didn't post. I've been posting six days a week for the last few weeks. And like, th- this is what it'll do. I, on a single post, I would get 15 to 20, sometimes 30,000 people like engagement because i can i through the business account i can measure that and now it's like between seven and twelve because of the last three weeks like they they've literally reduced my engagement in like by what 60 percent kind of thing right like i'm down to a third of my normal engagement and a half at the most because you dropped one day just because i dropped one day a week over a three week period and now now i'm trying to bank up more photos so i can get going again yeah and i remember paul like, like yeah, yeah, it's paul tough. reached out and asked like you know when once he joined instagram he's, he asked me he's like what should i do so i gave him the same advice you gave me and the easiest way to do it is to do a review because you have 120 bottles that you've, yeah. you've collected so you put out a little review every day and the hardest part is getting the time to do it and mm-hmm. like trying to figure out obviously when to post and like I told him, I post every everything before nine a.m. I try to, just because with work schedule and everything, I have that window. Built the morning in. is the best time to post. For yeah, sure. and then you know, obviously with the engagement, like you can see it just with the like with mine with the discussions that I've been having. Like people from Europe have been commenting on it, and before they would have never even seen my stuff. So you, you yeah. just you, it's visible to see what you're doing. But yeah, same thing. I struggle with it. Like one one day a week i try and go out and take pictures so i have that backlog so when i'm at work and don't have whiskey in front of me i can still be posting every day so now i'm on vacation and i'm like took my picture for today's post at like 12 30 last night <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's the stage i'm at right now I, I i i do the same thing and i i'm actually blessed with the fact that i have uh i have relatives who have who have acreages and so there's a lot of just like rustic shots. So a lot of the bourbon ones I've been doing recently, like those have come from, from the acreage and I'm super excited because I'm going to go to the Gulf islands next week. So I'm just trying to grab as many of the, you know, the peated whiskeys or, or Isla whiskeys that I can find and, and, and put them in the minivan, you know, to try and stash them away. So my wife can't see it because she just rolls her eyes when she figures she'll, out. And then she'll stop them. rolling her <laughs> eyes soon. Don't worry. Just keep, keep strong, keep strong. <laughs> oh i do she you know she, she just kind of you know this is just kind of my thing like horses are hers we amassed five horses during the lockdown and uh i amassed 120 bottles so you know we're, we're and all the horse and I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty so, sure even if you had a yeah, thousand like bottles shooting. it still wouldn't be as much as five horses <laughs> Oh, well, it, it really depends what kind of horses yeah. they are. <laughs> you can buy quite a bit of horses with the product behind me. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I shouldn't tell my no, wife I, that because she wants horses, yeah. but we don't have a place for them. It's amazing. But it's just like, it, it's cool, right? Like you have those kind of 
places to shoot. And so you can just, you just have your bottle and you're just kind of walking around and like, Hey, that looks like a, that looks like a good shot. So yeah, you, you know, I've amassed quite a few photos and then back from Gulf islands, I'll have more. And, and so, you know, you can kind of say, okay, what am I kind of in the mood for today? And you've got, you've got those possibilities. Well, if you want to, if you want a platform to post your uh, writings, um, we'd be happy to post them on the park whiskey society webpage. If you really wanted, we, it's something that oh, we haven't sure. really uh, kept up on lately because you just get so busy, kind of caught up doing everything else. But I'm always looking for review writers to post on the webpage. Oh yeah, I would love to do it. Like uh, the the one thing, like I'm a I'm a web developer, I'm a meteorologist, but right now I'm doing a lot of web development projects. And so one of the things I really wanted to do is build a blog and 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 do that kind of stuff. But the reason why I chose to just do it on Instagram is because it kind of limits me character-wise. So rather than going off on like a big mm-hmm. kind of rambling thing, I, I'm very bad for that. It keeps me focused. And so I can only write so much. And so it allows me to kind of, you know, focus just on the things that are that are important. Um, and that's been kind of like a good a good write, writing exercise for me. More than yeah, anything. I'll give you the keys to the website. You can do whatever you want. With <laughs> just honestly, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> I really want to. I would really like to kind of up the the review game. It's just I, I personally I find hard to put time towards it is the problem. So it's yeah, I've been I've been kind of in yeah. out searching for people that that would be uh, kind of all over it. Yeah. It's not really like for me, once you get into a, once you get into a rhythm, you, you know, an hour before your work ends, like I, I work down my basement, um, an hour before it work ends, I just, you know, pour whatever I'm going to do into my glass or two glasses. And I just let it sit for an hour. And then you have, okay, I've got an hour. I've got an hour to, from the time I sit down to the time I, I get back up and walk out the door. And so you get into that routine and it doesn't actually seem that hard after you you start doing it it sounds daunting but it actually becomes much much easier and then if you're doing something like a bourbon series you're getting similar notes out of a lot of these things right i mean you're going to have you know vanilla caramel oak cinnamon and so at that point you're just kind of like okay what's more what's more interesting what are the ones like the woodford double oaks or wild Mm -hmm. turkey 101 or um uh, Baker's is another one that I just yeah. released today, which I is like Baker's, Baker's one of my all-time clients. It's incredible. I, I have this. I have a, a sample of their uh, single barrel that they just came out with, so I can do a side by side. One thing I've been kind of playing with as content, if I start running low on bottles, which is not going to happen, um, would be to do kind of like a blending exercise and just say, okay, I've got, you know, what I want. What do I want to create? Okay, I'm going to take this bottle and this bottle and this bottle and kind of blend it together, leave it for a day, and then review the results. Sometimes it's just going to suck, <laughs> yeah. and then other times I'm going to be like, you know, I've just created a new master blend. But it's just kind of, you know, that's like a, a something. A yeah, little we were bit different. talking with, um, we we're actually talking yeah. with the Alistair from Boulder Spirits about creating yeah. a blender's kit where we somehow get. Like he, he doesn't have all the grains individually distilled or like a distilled in age. He's, I think he's got, well, he's got barley, obviously. I think he's got corn, but he would need rye, wheat. So we would source that from somewhere. But yeah, we thought about making this like blenders kit where then you could, right? You could play with the malted barley with some grains. You can make your own blended, make your own blended 
like boulder scotch or whatever yeah. right if you wanted if the base was your was your uh sorry your malted barley and then you could do your own mash book or rye wheat whiskey corn with whatever you want right i just thought the concept were really cool and if you make them big enough make them all like at least 200 or 300 mil bottles kind of thing it'd be pretty cool yeah because boulder just released yeah, uh, I, they have like a tasting kit they do a tasting kit with all their expressions yeah, yeah and they sell it cool they're all yeah. i think they're like three ounce or something like that they're 100 mil bottles or Maybe, something yeah. but you get they're 50 50 ounces 50 mils yeah, $1.5 liter bottle of every expression we have. Yeah. $600. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that would be cool, right? Yeah, I mean, it would just be, um, you know, I mean, people have their infinity bottles, but I think doing your own blending, if you're really, it's kind of the yeah. scientist to me that, that wants to gravitate towards that. And then you just are making your own interesting expressions. Like one of the ones that I was thinking of doing is getting, um, you know, like BBC and getting some of the other Ardbeg expressions and kind of, you know, doing, you know, the two thirds, you know, like uh, BC to maybe a third of Ugadol yeah, or something yeah. like that. You know, like the good, the good Ugadol, not the, not the latest stuff. And just kind of seeing what you yeah, even getting into like taking a full bourbon matured or matured scotch with a cherry mat- matured scotch oh. kind of thing. Right. And just, playing with those percentages yep. and seeing yeah there, there's the world is endless if you want to get into blending yeah another guy to talk to about that is josh he's he's, he's working on another or yeah. he's working on josh blend no yeah so so the heathen blend number one was uh there might have been a little bit of peat in there but it was mostly sherried stuff there was probably a little bit of peat but um yeah it was like the bit the most i guess the base to it was the uh, edredoir uh 10 year the ibisco decanter bottle and uh so that was the most percentage in it but like he got down to not that one no it's like a big tall slender with a big ass cork oh okay okay fancy writing on it but yeah um so he kind of like didn't really tell anybody he was doing it and then he just started once he figured out and got it nailed down then he, you know, he just posted like a blank bottle filled and that was a post and he said, heathen blend, whatever. And then, so he said, I'm going to send this out to, you know, my most trusted palettes and people that won't just bullshit them and give them me, oh yeah, it's great. So then he sent it out and it was incredible. It was like so layered. And so now I'm pretty sure he's working on two and it's going to be a peated, a peated blend. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with it. But that's like, if he had a dream job, it would be like a blender at a distillery. Yeah, That's like what he wants to do. So when we start Park, park Whiskey Distilling, yeah. he'll be our blend master. With a blender. bag full of gout pills. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll add this whiskey. Okay, I didn't go blind. I can still see. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just sit in a chair. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate you coming on, Paul, for a little chat. Um, we it's I like these little round tables, so just good conversation, talking whiskey, talking life, talking whatever. So I appreciate you doing that in short short notice, and then you got to listen to the to the video or the board game stuff from David Beck, which was pretty cool too. So you know, I really enjoy, I really appreciate that, and you know, this is just such a great whiskey community uh, uh, that we have, and just being able to 
come on with you guys or when the whiskey dealers are doing their YouTube stream, you know, come on with them as well. And they just accept you and you guys accept me no matter what my experience is, you know, so that's, that's, that's really special. Yeah, it, special it is. And we obviously rave about it and we're happy to be a part of it and even ambassadors of it. Where yeah. we, yeah. I mean, three, three, four years ago, I was, you know, where you were basically, and these guys all took me under my under their wing, and and he hasn't left since. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I picked a lonely, lonely whiskey orphan off the road, and now he just won't leave my house. Found me wandering around the side of Highway 16, <laughs> yeah, looking for like uh, heels and the bottles that were thrown into the ditch. And empty yeah. Glen Cairn walking down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gives me something to aspire. Yeah. No, to. it's 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 a really cool community. Even like. It, like I talked to my wife, but she just like is so amazed at how just genuine this community actually is and, and the, the kindness and just everything about it. Not like personally in a year, like with COVID taking over the world and political nonsense and social nonsense and all this stuff, it's, it's an escape, right? You can escape all the all the stuff that are going on around you and you can just enjoy your passion and share it with people and completely unconditional and unattached to everything else that's going on which is my favorite part about it yeah exactly oh, i totally agree and so yeah thanks again for, yeah, for having our me pleasure, thanks buddy. for coming in thanks for uh hooking me up with this bottle yeah cheers absolutely cheers to this uh like gross, burning dead, dead body <laughs> whiskey rotting, rotting flesh <laughs> Many human cadavers. <laughs> I do want to know how he how he uh, can actually identify those tasting notes, but well, I'm pretty sure it's like Mars. There are some weird people. Yeah, it is like marzipan. Yeah, Prequel, lots of pineapple, loads of rotting pineapple. On the, beach. <laughs> the corpses just... he was talking about is actually just rotting fruit corpses. <laughs> I hope that's what it is. I'm just going to tell myself that's what it is. Otherwise, well, most people are better off ignored. <laughs> I think it's awesome that because of this bottle, like Sierra Springs and Barry Bros reached out to you because, I mean, to defend it. Well, because he posted a review on it yeah. and it was positive, and so they were like, "Okay, like obviously it's not as disgusting as." <laughs> yeah, they're definitely worried. I'm oh. sure for a little bit, so they're like, uh, "What did we release? Did nobody taste this?" <laughs> oh, they were people. So I got an email. For, so so Josh said that apparently they were just ripping them a new one. They had to get the rep involved from Barry Brothers. Uh, you know, it was just crazy what what was <laughs> happening. And so, you know, I think what kind of what kind of triggered me a little bit was just kind of like the lack of respect that was yeah. that was going on. That's what. That's what bothered me the most. You know, if you don't like something, I can see it's like 175. So it's not like you bought, you know, a cheap $20 rye and you feel ripped off. This is something different. Understand that. But still, there's, there's a way you of doing it. say you don't like something and be respectful about it, right? Like it's, it's fine if you don't like it. You don't have to like everything. And the brand doesn't expect everybody to like their stuff. So it's, but yeah, you can be respectful for sure. <laughs> yeah. All Some people that. have that it's issue. Okay. I meet disrespect with disrespect. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The dark cloud is in his own, like, yeah, his own realm of madness. So we'll just leave him there. But hey, I get to, I get to drink this great while doing it. So. Exactly. I told him in meteorological terms, he's like a cumulonimbus. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> I have no idea what that is, but I will laugh anyway. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. The oh, there you go. Yeah, that's perfect for him, actually. Yeah. That'll be on the back of my t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Lightning, tornadoes, baseball-sized yeah, hail. <laughs> just depends how big uh, the hail is on that's, the day. You know, just that's Sean. <laughs> Perfectly. Um, cheers, buddy. Good yeah. to talk. Cheers. All right. Yeah. See you later. <laughs>